All right, I think I'm started. All right, let's see here. All right, we're just going to give it a bit, I guess, just to let some people kind of get in there and connect us. So if you got to do some things still, uh, shot before we do this. You want to have some more of that wild turkey? Oh yeah, wild turkey. I'm into wild turkey. Oh, there we go. Okay. So wild turkey 101. <laughs> wild turkey 101, it's better. Oh shit, it's yeah. It's better than the wild turkey. Wild turkey 101. So is this like uh It's not that expensive. It's still under 40 bucks a bottle. Huh. Joe Bob approved. Joe Bob approved. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of shit that uh, shock stock got moved there. Yeah, it's yeah, we got a. Yeah, that convention that we were supposed to, uh, our, our our grind band was supposed to play at too. We could, it just got canceled, and that's not till May second or whatever. So yeah, that just got put out to August. August now? 14th. August 14th. 17th. So, and you know what? The Saturday, 15th, that's my anniversary. Oh. So, it's a good thing. Oh, oh, August. Yeah. Oh, okay. It is a good thing because it's still my wife's going to Cheer, be. Hey, let, where, where we, where uh, Cheers, guys. Right on. Woo! Yeah. Uh, we were going to perform in. Uh, London. London, Ontario. It was the uh, Shock Stock, which is like a cult exploitation horror fest that our uh, our friends put on every year for the last. This would be the tenth anniversary. So yeah, we were supposed to play uh, where they usually have the bands in a the Ramada breakfast buffet <laughs> out of all the places. Um, but it worked out per it works out perfect because this whole hotel this the whole hotel is the convention the hotel and the venue also so it's like you don't even have to leave the place you just get there Friday morning set up whatever your the convention the booths or whatever and then literally just put on your uh, your house coat for the rest of the weekend it's fucking awesome hmm. but uh, like I said unfortunately it's all uh, it's all canceled now. Well, that sucks. Postponed. Postponed, yeah. Postponed. All right, let's been, uh, I, I played here, I played there many times, and it's uh, always, always been at the uh, Embassy Hotel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you never played at Call the Office? No. Oh. Interesting. Because usually Call the Office is? back then. Yeah, Call the Office it was uh, has been around for quite a while for uh, um, for venues also, for shows. But uh, that's cool. So you played I there. Think I played. Go ahead. I played in. Uh, I played there times, and uh, the was always at the embassy. Always. Oh shit! So was that with? Uh, so, so that was with Cryptopsy. Yeah. Yeah, I played there. Uh, yeah, it was just that. You know, it's that. I, I, for some reason, I always look forward to these to those shows. I don't know why. It's it's, it's such a shitty little. Dumpy place, and uh, <laughs> yeah. but there's, there's still a bit of, you know what I mean? There's like, you know, the fans are into it. It's it's always a wild time. People are getting 
with people looking at us. Always liked uh, playing that. Yeah, for sure. No. Um, so that would would that have been through the? Uh, I guess let's let's start going back uh, a little bit. But I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand out of view so that you can you can pay attention to the camera there or whatever. So we're gonna kind of stay behind you. But um, so okay. I. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess you um, kind of fronted uh, Cryptopsy for a little bit. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I know those, I, I knew those guys from, for several years beforehand. Um, I had just moved up here uh, to be with my girlfriend and then, you know, who became my wife. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was hanging out with those guys anyways. Dan, Lord Worm was leaving. And uh, they asked me, they said, you know, it was actually Flo. He asked me, he asked me if I wanted to uh, come down and try out. So I did. I, um, you know, I came down. I learned, I don't remember what songs I learned, but I did learn, um, I want to say like three or four, four tunes. Came down, well prepared, and just hammered them out and hammered them out again. And I think we played them like probably like three times that night. And uh, by the end of it, they were like, okay, man, well, you're in, you know. Helped, I mean, you know, I, mean, I knew these, these guys well too. So, I mean, it was, it was a, a pretty easy marriage, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you came in learning uh, None So Vile tunes, or did they have Whisper Supremacy uh, already going? They, well, they did. They had two songs from Whisper Supremacy. They had uh, Cold Hate Warm Blood and uh, White Worms. So those tracks were already written before the album. Um, so I went back and I learned the two albums before that. I basically just, I sat down, uh, I had a, I used to yeah, be in an apartment and I, uh, we used to have to wash clothes in like this basement. So I'd go down there and I'd have my, my CD Walkman and uh, I had all the lyrics written out. I'd rewrite the lyrics so that, you know, just through memory, just remember uh, a lot easier for me. And uh, just fucking hammered out vocals albums. Every time I come down to practice, I'd, I'd have another two, three songs under my belt. Wow. And uh, that's how it went. So, you know, I want, and, and for me, I wanted to because because those two songs off the Whisper Supremacy uh, album, uh, both those songs I, you know, I was super into. So I wanted to learn these songs as fast as possible so that I could get down to learn those tunes, really. It was, uh, it, it, it was a, um, it was definitely the carrot that was. That was uh, in front of me, you know, try to get the rest of it done and, and go for those two songs. So, and my, uh, and my, and my wife, and uh, we were in his car. He had a, we had a uh, le car. He had a le car. Any little chip box. Uh, it was actually a pretty cool. Car. And um, he, he's like, okay, we, you know, we just finished this. So you got to hear it. I remember him putting it on, and I was just like, dude, the drums like they sound like cannons. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I heard it before it was, before it was out, I was one of the first people to hear the record, and I, I was just hanging out with him at that point, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's talk, I mean, it's the, is it not the top death metal record of all time, like, I don't know, it is, it's certainly it's one, one of them, for sure. it's definitely, I would say it's definitely up there, but I still find, I still find blasphemy yeah, made flesh, yeah, I know you like that, yeah, oh. it's a great album, I mean, there's no denying. Like it's, uh, it's. I mean, that's actually the first. That's the first cryptopsy I ever was at. Right. And uh, I mean, of course, I was. You know, I mean, obviously, I was blown away. Uh, the songs are, you know, rich with texture. They're just brilliant. It's well written. Sick death metal. You know. So yeah. What was that? I love the mix. The way they bump the bass up at certain parts and stuff on that album. It just 
It makes it sound so different to everything else that was coming out at that time. It was perfect. I agree. Yeah, totally. Uh, where is it here? Actually, I have... Uh, let's see... Actually, just just so happened to have <laughs> nice the tapes. I got there. We go. Yeah, man. Cause um yeah, cause I remember I was doing a fanzine at the time, and I was in contact with I think I was in contact with Remy from um oh shit um oh what the fuck was that lady? Rock on stock. Yeah. Rock on stock. Yeah, that's right. And he yeah. he ended up sending me some flyers or whatever like that, because, I mean, that's just what it was back then, right? So a uh, few weeks later, ended up getting the, you know, like the Ungentile Exhumation demo, and I was just reading about uh, Cataclysm and the, the Death Gate cycle of Reincarnation demo. So it's just like I'm, I'm starting to hear this term Canadian hyperblast, and it's like, okay, what <laughs> what is this all about? And then this cryptopsy comes in, and literally, it was like it was like nothing else. It was literally like nothing else. <laughs> they were uh, absolute purveyors in the uh, in, in in I mean metal, but I mean obviously in Quebec, uh, Quebec metal, they're, they're purveyors for sure. But but really, they uh, they they were then that. Uh, Early on, just shook things up and did it different. They totally did, and, and awesome that they're just Canadians too, right? <laughs> yeah. So you weren't originally from Canada. Uh, give a little history about uh, about your upbringing in death metal. Well, that's it. I mean, I'm from I'm from the Boston uh, area. I was actually born right outside of Boston, a city called uh, Chelsea. It's actually where my parents uh, grew up. My father's actually from Italy, but uh, they had met early on, so it's uh, it's like a it's like a burg right outside of um, uh, it's not a burg, it's a city right outside of Boston. And um, you know, I mean, I was around music all my life. I mean, my, my parents were um, were more into like Motown and shit like that. So I mean, it, it's it's always been from from Motown to you know rock to my beginnings of listening to classic rock to. Um, you know, going a little bit deeper into, you know, Finding Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and ACDC and then taking it up a notch through there, through Megadeth and Metallica and um, Slayer and, you know, and, and then moving from there to pretty quickly to bands like Venom and S.O.D. and Anthrax and Testament and Overkill, that sort of wave, um, much like I think anyone my age went through that were were into metal, you know. How old then, are you? you know, then it was all the local hardcore bands, and you know, and then I mean, it just it just developed into this, you know, monster of trying to find something that was groovier, heavier, faster, you know, constantly looking for, for new stuff all the time. I st still to this day, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm the same guy I was when I was 15, 16 years old listening to King Diamond or Merciful Fate. Uh, I still pop that shit on, but I'm also this, that, you know, that guy that was looking for. Uh, as much new shit that he could find, I'm 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 that crazy lunatic that, that tries to find as much music as, uh, as possible. You know, I love it. it. Wouldn't change a thing. So even at a young age, you were always searching for the fastest, the hardest, the heaviest, the the, the brutal, everything. <laughs> Definitely. 
Absolutely. You know, I, I, it's funny. I was thinking uh, uh, there was a there was a when I was a kid there was a Creedence Clearwater revival song, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now. Uh, it's one of their fastest songs, anyways. And I remember thinking when um, uh, when I was a kid, I was like, holy shit, this is like so fast, you know? And like you listen to it now, and it's just like. Uh, that's uh, not fast, but, but for me, who was, you know, a, a kid that was, you know, first time I heard that was probably eight, nine years old, and I, you know, for me, it was just like I, I, I gravitated immediately towards something that was quicker paced than your standard big, airy rock bands, you know, it was a little, um, uh, a little quicker. I wish I could think of the song. I'll think of it uh, after. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so I mean, I remember at an early age that I, I, I absolutely, without a doubt, went towards things that were a little, you know, quicker in pace and also slower in pace too. I like, um, uh, you know, I'd say those are the two in the spectrum, the side of the spectrum that I, that I gravitated towards. And then, you know, of course you come into the middle to mid tempo stuff as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just love it all. I, I'm just a, I'm a, you know, metalhead. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a, uh, classic rock fan. I'm a hip hop fan, a yeah. hardcore fan, you know, I mean, I like real shit, real music that, you know, it was passionate and uh, had something to say. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, because I mean, like, like I mean, going going to my roots, I remember as a kid in like grade three, grade four. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, uh, you hear a Black Sabbath song, you hear a Deep Purple song, yeah. like even like even even with some sticks, right? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a big prog rock guy myself yeah. nowadays, and. And, and just growing up with that stuff, you're like, you know, there's something about it, right? But with the Black Sabbath and the Iron Maiden, I actually, I remember um, one of my next door neighbors, he had peace of mind when it just came out on vinyl. And uh, we, were, we were, I was a big BMX, I was a big, big BMX guy back in the day. So, you know, you'd have your little clicks and crews or whatever. And there was a couple of the older kids all the time that was like, you know, Oh, hey, man, you guys ever, uh, you know, listen to Judas Priest? You ever listen to, you know, Iron Maiden and stuff? And it's like, no, what is this? What's this shit, right? So then uh, my next-door neighbor's older brother had some Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. So I, I look at the cover, Peace of Mind, and I was like, okay, well, what is this? There's there's more than just a, you know, meatloaf bat out of hell <laughs> cover looking, right? So you're sitting there... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and I'm so I'm still pissed to this day that Bad Out of Hell is such I can't stand Meatloaf, but that fucking album cover just. No, it, I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I was just looking at that album cover recently, and I was like, holy fuck! Like this is the best metal album cover of all. It literally <laughs> is. How come this guy is totally not metal and not cool at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. No, you know what? The song uh, was uh, the song. The greetings song was traveling, uh, traveling band. You know, oh, like yeah. Yep. And I just remember being blown away by it, like, holy fuck, it's so heavy, it's so heavy. Uh, what do we know? Well, I mean, you're a kid, right? You're just you're 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 trying to find. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're just... I used to think "Fight Fire with Fire" was like the fastest thing ever. I listen to it now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so lame. <laughs> You know, I remember the first time a friend of mine had actually introduced me to that album and that, and that song. And he, a friend of mine, he was, he hated it. You know, he's like, dude, you gotta hear this fucking trash. So he puts it on. And I was just like, wow, what the fuck? What the hell is this? It's like so over the top. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You listen to it now, you're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Like it. 
But it's oh, it's great. But it's still fucking amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> holy oh, shit. The guitar tone is amazing. Yeah, that guitar tone, especially. Holy oh, crap. Um. So, what was your first? What was the first death metal band that you were that that you actually got to listen to and were like, okay, something's different here. Um, straight death metal. Or grindcore or whatever, right? Because, I mean, like, for me, it was Napalm Death, uh, From Enslavement to Obliteration. Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to say or, or Carcass, but quite honestly, I think, you know, I, here, I, I will say this. The first death metal album I had was Scream Bloody Gore. Yeah. Um, uh, wait a minute. No, it wasn't. My first <laughs> one was uh, was Tales from Celtic Frost. Mm. That was my first really heavy out of the out of the you know the the zone of. Uh, I just remember reading shit on like Hit Parader and everybody trashing the shit out of that album, and I was like, oh, I have to hear it now because everyone's smashing it. So yeah, and, and I bought, I found it on vinyl, bought that, and then Street Bloody Go was was the second one I had. Um, I, I know I had early. Early on, I had some Bathory records. I had, uh, um, what the fuck else did I have on vinyl back then? Uh, I, those one, those are the ones that, that immediately stick out, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, of course, you know, on that, I mean, it just, it just, it just became a, you know, a of course, monster after that. Well, Buy yeah. Records. I would, I've been buying vinyl since I was, you know, 15 years old. How old are you? Or even. <laughs> 48. Well, I'm 45, so that's not too far off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we get yeah we're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you come from Boston and you start playing in some bands, correct? Yeah. So. My first. Um, yeah. I, you know, funny story about that. I was just talking about this. Um, the first. I had a group of friends, you know, they, you know, one of them picks up a guitar, one picks up a drum, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, well, I don't play any of this shit at that time, I don't play any of that, so what do we do? A buddy of mine gives me his, his reporter's mic, I don't know where he got it, I think he got it from school, it's like a little reporter's mic, and uh, he passed that mic to me, he's like, well, why don't you just, you know, start yelling into the, the mic? And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Awful, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was, but everyone's ah oh, great. You know we get someone to sing. Someone's gonna you know okay. So yeah, and then you practice, you practice, you practice, and then it's like okay, well you know I'm starting to maybe start to figure some shit out. And uh, we used to get together and just play with like local kids and just put bullshit songs together. And, uh, you know the, the worst lyrics you can ever imagine. And uh, and then it, you know it spawned from that to an actual band that was playing some local shows. Um, that band was called Skeletal Onslaught. We weren't very good, but uh, but we tried. We oh, were, you know, cool we were like name. a cross between cool. like thrash, <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, it was like thrashy, you know, not well played metal. Yeah, know? hey. And uh, so <laughs> you know, you want to you gotta start somewhere, and it, you know, your stepping stone is, you know, it's always generally it's not going to be your first your first project, and you know, of course, this wasn't. It spawned from that to. Uh, to me, being in another project called Mindscape was more of a, a hardcore project. 
uh, and then that became Infestation, which was which was the, the first project that we um, that we started to play outside of the area. You know, so we we get to play shows up in, uh, through New England, throughout New England, basically. Um, before that, we we were you know, with Scouts and Onslaught. Even though it was a beginning band, we were still lucky enough to play with. Uh, we played with Dead Horse. We played with. Uh, Morbid Angel on Altars of Madness. Oh Jesus! Nice. Oh my God, that would have that would have been amazing yeah. to see that. Holy yeah, shit! It, 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 it sure as hell was. That was that was a lucky, lucky, lucky break that we got on top. And I actually played at at a club um, in Boston called uh, the Channel. It's a famed club, uh, and I mean, since it's defunct now, it's it's been closed for many, many years. But this was sort of my playground. Uh, for for going to shows, I seen everybody. I see Testament, Overkill, fucking Liar Rage, uh, uh, King Diamond, Trouble. <laughs> King Diamond oh, were on the same tour uh, back then. You know, I mean, I got to see everyone back, back in the day. We used to go all the time. And in fact, the shows were all eighteen plus. I was sixteen years old, and <laughs> I was always getting into these shows. Nobody nobody carded, nobody gave a shit. You know, I mean, I wasn't wasn't drinking in the clubs, but uh, but I was able to get into all those uh, all those shows. No problem. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, so it went from infestation, uh, from infestation. I'm uh, sorry. Once we once I started with infestation, we uh, that's when the bigger gigs started happening. We we started to put out we put out a couple of demos. And we were starting to get known in in Boston. Um, we used to play. There was a circuit of bands that we used to play with uh, back then. Band called Delusion, band called Desolate. These were the these were the, the two other bands that we would uh, quite often be put together with. And um, you know uh, uh, that that was the time when we get to play. You know we played with Guar, we played with uh, we played with um, uh, Napalm Death, we played with uh, we played the Exodus show. Uh, anyways, we, we, we got all we, we got on all the all the big gigs that were coming through at that point, uh, you know, and that was that was really I'd say the point where things started to catapult in terms of okay I'm finding my voice I'm I'm figuring out you know my lyrics are much better now uh, you know I'm 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 trying more shit live or I'm trying more stuff on uh, you know recording and and it just uh, Really, that was the point when things started to develop, and, and I, I started to, you know, I always loved it, but this was a point where I said, okay, you know what, maybe I could actually do something with this, you know? Right. And uh, that's really where it started. From there, I went to, you know, I moved up here and then joined up with Cryptopsy, and there I am. So what year was that? With Cryptopsy? Well, well, well when, oh, when, when, when you moved to our land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, Jesus, the 90s. Or 97, somewhere in that range. Well, the dates do it. I'm terrible at dates. None vile was 96. Is that what the, is that what that was? 96. So this was around, yeah. Okay, that seems right. 96. So this was like 96, 97. I think I came up here in 97, early 97. Right. Oh, uh, that year. Taking it out. Yeah, just happened to happen to have a uh, none so vile on vinyl here. Uh, but I, but it's this. Dude, I yeah, yeah I don't recorded ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was released ninety six, recorded ninety five. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, see there. Just to, we can show you over there. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so when they ask you, obviously, you know, I mean, that's kind of a kind of a big deal because Cryptopsy are all of a sudden starting to uh, uh, make a, a a pretty 
giant name for themselves in just Canadian death metal, along with Gore Guts, Cataclysm, and uh, you know all that kind of stuff at the time. So um, you being asked, I mean, you came here for a job, some other job originally, or did you come here to start playing music? No, I, I actually I, I did. Uh, truth be known, I came up here to be with my uh, my girlfriend, uh, my wife. You know, that was that was the um, that was the move. Um, this was a subsequent piece to it, actually, because uh, I had moved up here and we were going to try to keep infestation going. I was, you know, I'm down in Boston all the time, so I said, "Well, look, we'll get together. We'll still play. We'll still practice. We'll write some songs." And um, and it uh, it crumbled pretty quickly after. It just it was just the nature of the beast. Where you know they were they were concerned. I was less concerned about it because uh, I you know I knew I would come back, but I think they were uh, uh, the other guys in the band were a bit more fearful that after all this work that it was that it was kaputs. And uh, but, hey, I mean it was you know it was over after that. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, like I said, they uh, they. Had, I was out drinking with uh, with Flo one night, and he's like, you know, look, Dan's out. So, um, what do you say? What do you want? You know, you want to come down and try it out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you know? Of course. <laughs> All right. So, so then you guys. So then on that album, especially, uh, Cryptopsy gets signed to was a Century Media, right? Yeah. Was a Century Media. Um, yeah. So yeah. you jump on and start recording right away before they were signed. Is that what it was, or no? We had signed. No, we had. Uh, oh, are you saying before we had signed with with uh, uh, before we signed with Century Media that we that we started to record? Yeah. No, we um, what we did was we had we had actually recorded on a boombox um, the set. And we sent it to them on a fucking shitty boombox, dog shit sounding piece of shit tape. And uh, and somehow, somehow, uh, they were like, "Okay, boys, we want to we want to talk," you know. And uh, this, I guess, you know, the 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 um, recording phase was a month or or more. We're trying to figure out if you know if this was the right uh, move. We were talking to other labels at that point. You know, we sent that one out, but then we had Nuclear Blast who was looking at us. We had Relapse that was uh, that was talking to us. So you know, there was there was some interest um, elsewhere, and then we just we said you know like uh, for whatever reason, I'm quite honestly, I, I don't recall exactly what it was. I think actually I think they 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 tried to sway us by telling us that we were gonna. Be direct support to Morbid Angel on Covenant, I think, if I remember correctly. And uh, so that was, you know, that was, I don't know, it wasn't Covenant. It would have been... Uh, domination. Domination, yeah. yeah. it would have been Domination, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that was, you know, for, for, for kids that were just trying to figure this shit out, um, really trying to figure out the, the label situation, I think we... Um, I think I was the most reserved about it. I, I think I was the last one to say, all right, fine, let's do it. Uh, in fact, I know I was. Uh, yes, yes, boys. Cheers, yeah, cheers. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with the booze. <laughs> hey, what better reason? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, so they had, they had, you know, they had put that out in front of us and said, you know, look, you guys sign. You get the, you know, like, let's, the time is now. Are we going to do this or not? 
So they wanted to do it. The, the rest of the guys wanted to do it. And now, you know, who am I to hold it back? So fine, okay, let's do it. And we signed a, your standard, typical deal that, you know, is just smothered the band in terms of money lines. They didn't smother the band in terms of creativity. Didn't smother the band in terms of having money given to us to record. They they were stand up all the way through through all of that. Um, but but nonetheless, I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're there to make money, and um, it, the money just wasn't there from the record sales. It just wasn't uh, you know wasn't uh, it wasn't there. You know. Um, what do you, you mean? Know, so that happens here. What do you mean? Whisper, signing, whisper supremacy. Whisper supremacy didn't sell like you like it was or supposed to or they thought. Was no, no. Whisper supremacy sold very well. We just signed a deal that just didn't give us a lot of money. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it's probably it was probably because Century uh, Media was pretty young. Uh, yeah, we just didn't. You know, we just we we had to where we made money was touring. Right. And that was you know we, we made we made good money touring, but uh, but you know record sales unless. Excuse me. Unless we were selling them on our own, Century Media was real good about handing us um, CDs and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that Century Media was really good about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't ever dare uh, bite the hand that feeds, you know. And yeah. They, and, they, and they did feed, and you know, they were, and all the people there were very, very cool, um, you know. But, but of course, there is that side of it where, you know, we're the ones who wrote the record, and well, we're not seeing fuck off. That's how it goes. Right. When you sign a, when you sign a big deal, and then the, the worst thing about it is, we didn't even get the fucking tour. We, we didn't get. Uh, we didn't get. Uh, uh, somehow, I think by the time we signed it, someone else took the uh, direct support, and uh, that was it. So we didn't even get the Morbid Angel shows. That sucks. Wow. The, wow. That's su- that's surprising, actually. <laughs> Who'd you go on tour with? Then? <laughs> no, they went on. Is that the first? You you. Like, you guys went. You guys ended up going on tour. We ended up talking about this in Quebec when we met you um, uh, for the second time. Uh, you toured yeah. with uh, Vader, Divine Empire, and Gorguts. I think the first tour was no. That was the second tour. The okay. first tour was um, was Oppressor, Nile, and Gorguts. On the Death Across America. It's a pretty good song to metal. <laughs> Oppressor? Wow. Hold on. Yeah, remember that? Hold yeah, on. Totally. Hold on. I got a demo here. I got an Oppressor demo somewhere here. Uh, Which one you got? Yeah, go on that tour. Anyways, yeah. It's, 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 it's up there somewhere, though. I got an Oppressor. Oh, it's fucking great. Um, so that was the first, that was the first tour with, with Cryptopsy, just... Before Whisper Supremacy was released, or just after? I think we had just released it because, yeah, I'm pretty sure we. I don't think we would have toured without the album. Okay. Uh, you know, because they're trying to make some money. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we, we and, and the thing was, we were selling a shitload back then. We were selling a shitload of uh, of uh, merchandise. I mean, really, the fun, we were killing it merchandise wise. Um, it was, you know, we were at that point. It was just really starting to explode. And um, so we were we were in contact with Century Media, and having them deliver, uh, send us CDs and shirts and all sorts of shit, sending it uh, every second show, a third show or something. I'm not kidding. It was it was wow. that crazy. Uh, and we were we were selling out big time. It was I know I know for a fact Nile was selling a lot. I know for a fact we were selling a lot. I, I couldn't speak for the other two bands uh, how much they were selling, but those because we were talking about it, you know, like. 
holy shit, we're like the first two bands, and fuck, man, like how shit are we selling? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it was great. We uh, it was it was getting you know the name was out there. People were live show was awesome. We were you know we were it was passionate, full of energy. You know we were uh, we were I know we were good. we busted our ass to, to be good. You know we yeah. worked hard to to make sure we were in the pocket every night. So during that um, uh, during Whispers for Supremacy, um, I know you there's there was some member changes also between. None so vile and whisper, or was it blasphemy and none? Probably both, right? All of them. Uh, every <laughs> album had some yeah. somebody somebody in it. Um, it was yeah. Every album had uh, someone in it. Now, when I was there, it was Miguel Miguel Roa was uh, was the the, uh, uh, the rhythm guitarist, and then um, there was some issues with him crossing the border. Uh, so we had no choice but to, uh, well, he stepped down. And um, and then after that, Alex uh, uh, came in. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He joined. We, we, yeah, we had Alex come in. Uh, and then there was no changes. Those were the only two changes that that uh, that I bore witness to personally. Uh, John left the band at one point in between the two albums. Uh, he left for brief, uh, brief, probably a couple months or so. We were writing without him. And then, um, or we were just beginning to write without him. We were sort of reeling after he after he decided to to leave. And then uh, he came back. He's like, "Well, guys, you know, I, I miss it." We're like, "Well, you know, we, we miss you." So, <laughs> so it was a simple, easy transition back. Right on, right on. You had a question. Yeah, I was wondering, because uh, around the time of Whisper Supremacy, that was when Cryptopsy really started to ramp up the technicality. Like before, none so violent. Before was more about the brutality. But Whisper Supremacy and definitely End Annual Bag, that's when it started to really, really get technical with the riffs and everything. Did that suit your vocal style more? Or did you kind of wish it was more like the early days with it when it was more like brutal? No, I, um, I took the question. Um, no, for myself, I, uh, quite honestly, like I said, those first two songs, it was already a, I was already seeing a change in terms of the technicality. So I was... I was hyped up on on you know learning uh, uh, the, the first two tracks <clears throat> immediately, so I knew where we were going. Uh, it was already it was already being developed that that new signature sound. Uh, but a lot of that came down to John and and Flo, um, the two of them just brainstorming ideas, and um, the two of them worked like they, they were phenomenal. Yeah, you have that, you know, that duality of of it is so phenomenal that is there's always going to be some butting heads and stuff like that. I'm not saying that these guys, they didn't get along with us. They did. Uh, you know, we're all brothers. We all loved each other. You know, um, but with that, with that, I think that with that intense um, musicianship and that intense uh, um, uh, their abilities were 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 so much that I think that. They were, you know, you one's always trying to overtop the other one with with, yeah. with ideas and stuff, and I think that helped bring the sound to the table. It really, uh, you know, they were they were they just worked fucking unbelievably well together. Really, it was, it was something to, it was something to uh, to see. Yeah, because every uh, so because yeah, every so I mean, yeah. you know, in terms of like if it suited me or not uh, more for you know for those records versus the, the earlier records. Um, I was up for the challenge. 
you know, for me, I always want to do something, I try to do something that's going to be different. I don't want to do the same stuff over and over again. It might be the same style or similar styles and things like that, but, but I would like to have something that, that challenges me a little bit more. Um, and that, without a doubt, gave me a ton of challenge. Sure, the other, the, you know, the first two the songs off the first two record, without a doubt, they gave me a challenge. The whole, you know, the whole way through was all a challenge. Um, but it was that, I would say there was another step to the challenge when uh, when we started writing those two albums, for sure. Yeah, I thought it suited it for sure because you know with the more technicality, because your vocals are a little more easier to understand. Like they're still brutal and guttural, but you it goes along with the music because the music kind of got a little more cleaner too. Like you could understand what was going. You kind of had to because it was so technical. You know, I yeah. liked I like and then your bag is like totally. That's like a special record for me personally, just because I listened to it like a hundred times. And I still don't know parts of it because it's so technical. Like it's like it's just like always going, but it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's like perfect. Like every dot, like every I and Literally. every T is crossed on that record. It's perfect. I just love it. And then and then with your vocals, like Lord Worm had a vocal style, right? Like mm-hmm. Blasphemy, he had that sick, gargly, kind of incomprehensible tones to himself, none so vile. I find, unfortunately, wasn't his best vocal style, but just the music and just what happened on that album was unbelievable. But then when you came in, Cryptopsy went to another level, mm-hmm. and you brought just like dimension to it. There was the brutal, there was the like the breakdowns, there was the blasts, there was the weird technical bass riffs and everything like that, and your vocals just yeah. fit it perfectly. Which I found was was a was a breath of fresh air, really, uh, to everything and just Canadian death metal in general, which I thought was fucking awesome. I thought it was that was a great album. Yeah, was, I mean, I don't know. Whisper Supremacy was really good too, but I think one of the things that made it so good was because your vocals, you could you could tell what you were saying. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like they were so brutal and death metal, but. Like it wasn't just like, you know what I mean? Because the music was the music was so crazy. It was like it was nice to be able to follow some vocal passages over top of it. Right. I, th- I just thought it was a perfect mix, personally. Yeah. That I mean, was around my time, so that's I'm just yeah, speaking personally. I, it was definitely by, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, it was definitely by design that we would. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's just not my style, anyways. I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was was to come in and do. The same thing that uh, that uh, Lord Worm was doing, you know. Because um, Cryptopsy wasn't either. You know, people that would was, ask, yeah. ask back in the day. Uh, you know, they would ask me if you know you gonna eat worms, you gonna do this. I'm like, am I gonna fucking put a wig on and, and you know fucking you know I'm not gonna you know like um yeah I, you know I had to I had to you know I'm, I'm, without a doubt I'm gonna I'm gonna have my own identity. That was that was that was 100. And, and you know those those guys embraced it. They welcomed it. They wanted that. They wanted something different. And uh, you know, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's I mean, just Cryptopsy alone, just one of those bands where it's just like progressive rock. You try to you you know you follow the band from the early albums, and you love the early albums. And when you're progressive you literally progress faster than the listener can keep up with on album-wise too, right? So all of a sudden, you're like in a whole nother realm, and 
when you bring in another vocal style, it just kind of like it just it 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 it, it keeps it going. Or whatever. So, and Cryptopsy was such a progressive band, like literally from day one, uh, the way that you know the speed picking, the the hyper blasts, and all that stuff, and it was just a, a perfect progression into when you came into the mix, and just what to follow after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I do I do believe it was a natural progression, hundred uh, percent. I mean, they were. You know, you're talking about insanely gifted musicians you know and you you put insanely gifted musicians in in the same room it's not always going to guarantee that the songs are going to come following but uh but in this case uh they really did those guys are just just uh phenoms totally totally so you've been living in canada this whole time (laughs) hanging out watching the scene and, and 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 being a part of it or whatever um you step did you step you step back a bit after the couple cryptopsy albums i did um once once i once i stepped down from the band i had there was a lot of introspection and trying to figure out what the fuck i was going to do totally that. you know I, I mean there was there hasn't really been a major length of time where i haven't been doing something um you know shortly after I left the band. Uh, I was playing with uh, Mike um, uh, from Warhorse, uh, Mike Hubbard from Warhorse, the drummer, and uh, he's who's uh, you know he was in he was in Infestation, so we've been great you know great friends for many many years. Uh, so he would come up and I would play with another one of our friends and my wife would uh, so we get together on the weekends and just write you know psychedelic rock songs and shit. Just, Sweet. You know, so it's always been something that's been going on. That project was called Modest. And we have, you know, I got like 12 songs or 13 songs recorded from that. Never released it, never did anything with it. But they're, they're <coughs> somehow one of the most, they're kind of, the, you know, the songs that I'm the proudest about. Uh, because it really took me out of everything else that I've been doing. And it, um, you know, put me in a situation of, you know, actually singing, singing rock songs. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't all heavy. It was heavy. Some of it was heavy. But uh, but there was singing, too. There was other elements that, that we brought to the table. Yeah, we just so, grow. You know, there was... What's that? We just grow. Yeah, man, fucking right, absolutely. Variety yeah, is a spice of life. Man. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Really, yeah, yeah, that's it. And that was that was the that was the point of my life of of introspection and growth. And uh, and uh, you know, I embraced it for what it was. I was you know, it was there was there was some you know, I can't say I didn't go through some difficult times. Of course, I wanted to be with the guys and play with them. Of course, you know, of course, I wanted to. You know, release the next record with them and, and go on tour and all those things, but it, it, it just wasn't working out. Right. No, totally. So, um, you know, personal life and you know, just it wasn't there. So you you grow beyond that, and then uh, since then, I mean, I've, I've you know, I've done several projects. Uh, some that have been released and others that are just players <coughs> and shit. So yeah, so, so that brings us to today and. Now you have a new band going on, so let's talk about this. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about it. What are you No, no question. Just Yeah. So tell us about this. Tell us about this new band you got going on here. Yeah. No, that's it. Um, you know, right now the, the it's the band's called the Curian. 
and uh, we just signed with Redefining Darkness Records. So the new album uh, is coming out actually April 10th. It took a long, long time for us to get to this point. So, uh, you know, we to say that we're ecstatic about this release is, you know, undersell it. Um, you know, I think for us this has been a long, long process, uh, a super fulfilling process, but uh, but nonetheless it has been one of those like, will we ever get this album out? Yeah, I think we always knew we would get the album out, but but there was many roadblocks and many you know uh, blockades that were up in place that may have you know for for someone else that sort of you know maybe if they were half-assed into it would have probably dropped off, but I think we we were we were all very light-minded in. In, in, in the sense of the, the writing of the material and uh, and then the subsequent near release of the album. So you got together, you got back together with Flo because obviously you guys are good buds and you just never stop talking anyways. Um, who, of who, um, so how did this band come together then? Okay, but Flo's not in this project, right? What, what, what? With the, with Flo's not in this I actually haven't played with, uh, with Flo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tommy yeah. McKinnon that's right. on uh, that place. Right, right, right. That's yeah. true, yeah. So Tommy McKinnon and, and, Rob, and Rob Milley and, uh, and Ollie Pinard, who's with Cattle Decapitation. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we, it, the, the, the album, uh, sorry, the band got together um, because basically I used to work down the street from Rob, uh, where, where he used to work. So we used to get together, known Rob for many, many years. And uh, we... You know, he was telling me that he had a couple songs. He was sort of fading out or phasing out uh, Naraxis at the time. And um, he's like, look, you know, why maybe I can come over. We can, I can show you some of the songs and we can, we can see what we can do. So uh, that's, what, that's what we did. I, I had a recording studio at my old house. I have one here at my, at my current house as well. And uh, we got together. He had pretty much all the songs somewhat put together. And um, a couple of them were actually pretty, pretty defined. Um, and we we sat down and we just started going through the songs and coming up with a couple of lyrics, a couple lines through there, a couple of titles, and running titles, which ended up I think every running title we had pretty much stuck. And um, yeah, it just came together with the two of us first, and then we're like, okay, well we like the ideas here. Yeah. Okay, now it's now it's time to 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 hire you know hire someone else <laughs> to uh, to come in and, and take care of the drums and take care of the, the bass and uh, Rob had played with both those guys with Naraxis and uh, they were they were an easy uh, easy choice. I mean uh, they, these these guys are brilliant musicians, all of them, and uh, it just it came together. It came together very very quickly, and uh, we started putting the songs together, and uh, it, it just. You know, we, we would we would get together once a week to, to jam, and then it was it was really sort of like, look, when we get the album, you know, this this might be a testament to not say this when the album's ready, when we can get it done, because that's really the approach it's been from from day one, and it has taken nearly eight years at this point, right? Wow. To be to be released. So some of it is is our own doing, you know, because you know, uh, you know, guys are in other bands. Or life, you know, Tommy you know, yeah. military, so he was off. Uh, you know, there was there was certain circumstances that took place, and then there was some things that happened that were unforeseen, like the passing of my wife and passing of Rob's dad, and uh, you know, so there was there was other things that sort of stood in the way of 
of um, of the album being you know being recorded or released or you know and um, but we stuck with it you know we uh, we we really believed in what we were doing you know I, mean, I, I say that even though you know we had that belief and we knew that we would do it and you know and we sit on the when we sit in the peripheral and sort of look back at all this stuff like say fuck man we went through a lot to get this album out there and um, you know we're only what two weeks away right now so yeah we're excited. Wow. So how did um, Mr. Thomas Haywood of Redefining Darkness, uh, you guys get the hookup? So Rob and Ollie had um, been on tour with Naraxis with, um, with him. And I don't, don't hold me to this, but I think he was playing with Abigail uh, Williams. And um, I think, I, I'm pretty sure he was playing bass with them. So I... So, you know, he's a drummer as well. He's, he's actually a great musician, too. So, you know, Tommy would talk with him. They'd be talking shop. And, oh, yeah, actually, Tommy knew him, too. So, um, yeah, so it was it was sort of that situation. We were we were shopping it around, and uh, he had gotten in touch with Rob and said, look, you know, I'd be interested to hear this song. So we sent it to him. And uh, apparently he dug it. And um, apparently, I know he likes it. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Yeah, hey. No, hey. so, um, you know, so, so it was, um, you know, it was just a, uh, you know, I had a couple conversations with him, told him what we were looking for, he told us what he was looking for, and we said, you know, we met in the middle, and just, yeah, okay, well, let, let's do this, like, uh, the guys were comfortable with him, they know him, they, you know, he's, he's a bright dude, um, he knows what he's, what he's doing, and, you know, he's, a, he's an up-and-coming label that is releasing top-quality shit. And uh, and he's doing it right, you know. He's not uh, he's not one of the guys that you know. There are those labels you can sign with somebody, and and they promise you the world, and they don't get shit done. Yep. Um, he's he's the opposite. He's not promising the world, and he's getting shit done. And I like that. I'd rather that. Don't bullshit me, and uh, and and tell me what what we can expect here. And and quite honestly, I you know I appreciate that way more than than getting smoke blown up my ass. You know. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, you know. So so. You know, we all have a common goal to uh, to to make sure that this album, um, you know, sees the light of day, that the album gets plugged as much as possible, and uh, and and so far so good. I, you know, I, I, there's zero complaints. Right on. Yeah, Thomas has been releasing some amazing stuff. I've been uh, yeah, I've been in contact been been in contact with him for the last couple of years, and uh, I, I you know I've been buying some stuff off of him myself, and just the albums he's like it's a great roster of bands that he's been uh, associated with and helping out and he's just a just an all-around straight good guy indeed absolutely i, I, I couldn't agree more yeah so the album comes out yeah, when that's a fresh yes <laughs> so when does the album come out you said two weeks april 10th april 10th yeah april 10th yeah full touring band everything Oh, well, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, this is the project that we had said from, from the start. I don't know that we probably, you know, in hindsight, I don't think this is probably the way to go, but I think initially when we were saying we wanted to write songs that were for us. Okay. So that portion of it, yeah, that's, we, we did want that. This was by design. We wanted to write songs for us. And then ultimately if, if, if we get it out there, and people are into it, then fantastic. And you know, obviously, you 
we want that. But it wasn't the goal. It wasn't the goal to get the album out in front of as many people as possible, per se. The first portion of it was, let's write some songs that we're happy with, we like. We like to play, we want to hear. And, and, and I think that was the right way to, to approach the album. Um, yeah, so, you know, so, so for us, I mean, you know, when, when, as we're writing the album, Matthew, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> That's like the... I forget. <laughs> I just asked if you were going to tour for it. Oh yeah, tour. I mean, yeah. like now's not the optimal time. You might want to wait a little exactly. bit. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe postpone for a while. So the right thing was for us to approach it that way, right? The wrong way for I think for us to say it was when we walked into it, we were like, we're never gonna play, we're never gonna play a show. And um, I don't think that was the right approach, you know. I think that probably turned people off to us, uh, at least industry people for sure. Of course. I think the right approach is is what we're saying. Look, we recorded this album, we recorded it live. Um, Sweet. We did overdubs on the album, but the, but the songs are live. Everything, the you know, the, the main vocal tracks, all the guitar parts, the drums, everything. That's was, awesome. Was, was live. That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, we worked our asses off to be able to get to that point. And then you know, for us, we were saying, okay, well, see, we you know, we know we can do this. We do it. We do it week week after week after week. We're playing it. So do we scale back from that? Well, we're not going to play live situation to okay, well. We have an album coming out. If it makes sense, if it's if it's a you know if it's a good offer, if or a strong offer, if you know we're not going to go out there for nothing. But if you know if there's something that makes sense for us to plug the album, plug the band, show put on a live performance. I mean, I haven't done this shit in a long time, right? Myself, these guys all have. They've all played, in, you know, and I've done a couple of guest appearances. It's been a long time. So for myself as well, it's a lot of like getting back into like live form. Um, that we would have to, we would have to, you know, it would have to be the right investment of time and certainly money to, uh, to, for us to, to actually go that route. Uh, a full tour, I, you know, I, I will never say at this point, I will never say never, but I, I, I don't know that that's in the cards per se. One-off shows at a, at a, uh, you know, fly, you know, at a fly us out to a festival in Europe or something like that, perhaps, you know, uh, definitely, you know, our, I would say our ear is to the ground. If something comes up that uh, that makes sense, then you know we're, we're wide open. To it. At least come to Toronto. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Put Wild Turkey 101 on the rider. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm hopping in my car. I'm, I'm there in seven hours. Yeah, you, be- yeah, you better be. <laughs> Bring toilet paper. We don't got any here. <laughs> That's terrible. It's <laughs> a lot of ass wiping out there. <laughs> Apparently, it's like 161 times a day for the amount of toilet paper sold. Oh, is that the ratio that yeah, they even put yeah. out? You have to shit 161 times a day oh for the God. amount of toilet paper they sold. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> calculated it. Crazy. How many times you wipe your ass? Doesn't it depend? I mean, honestly, doesn't it depend on how much like Indian food you had versus how much Guinness you drank? Yes. <laughs> the weird thing is, I think because nobody's shitting from it, they must be wiping their nose with it or something, right? Like, what are they doing with it? <laughs> so, uh, so what have you been listening to lately? Oh God. Um... 
had the new intro on it. I bought that on vinyl. That uh, it's amazing. Uh, the new Cult of Luna too. I bought that on vinyl. I saw them both uh, yeah. in Montreal. Um, what else? What else am I listening to? Um, I've been listening to Spirit Adrift. The latest on Spirit Adrift. Yes, that's uh, that's mate Charles. Uh, uh, Mason from um, uh, Gate Creeper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, that sick. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, I, I listen to you know I listen to a lot of Hex Vessel. I don't know if you know these guys. <coughs> uh, Hex of this. Super hooked up. With I do it. I love this band. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with this band. <laughs> so I mean it's, it's not heavy per se, but it's doomy. It's um, that's a band that I keep going back to constantly. I just. Uh, Listen to all five records I have in a row for the past couple of days. Right so on. I have straight. Yeah, so that that's one I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, what else am I listening to? Listen to a lot of Michael Kiwanuka outside of metal. Uh, that that guy just blows me the fuck away. Um, super hooked on him. Uh, I like the new Cloak album. I've been listening to the new Cloak album. That's really good. I like you know that tribulation, that style, that like rock and death okay. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know people. Can, you know, I've heard a lot of people like you know can, can take it or leave it, but personally, I think it's a really cool sound style. Um, the new Blood Incantation, of course. Uh, oh, on that. All the Blood Incantation. Uh, the new one is definitely. Yeah, they fucking. Did have you have you seen them live? Have you seen it live yet? Yeah, I saw them with Immolation uh, when they came when they came there um, back in last year. Yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, they just, they just fucking destroyed the place. Like honestly, they just, they, they step up on stage. It was funny too because uh, you know, I they, they first get up on stage and it was like they were tuning up and I was like, what the fuck's, who does that? <laughs> get a tuner. <laughs> the joke was on me because they, they, they go through this these motions and then it, and then they just pulverize the fucking place. Like awesome. They were fucking. They were incredible. Right on. Uh, yeah. You know, in fact, man, I, mean, I listen to a lot of, I listen to a shit ton of, of Yob, yeah. um, you know, Neurosis. I mean, these are these are all mainstay with with my listening. The new Cattle Decapitation, I really like. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I you know, metal. I mean, I, pre- predominantly, I'm listening to a lot of metal, but I mean, I, I go back to a lot of the classics too. You know, I really, uh, I just bought power. I just, oh, I just bought. I just traded for Power Slave, uh, and I've been listening to a lot of that. Last four or five days every day. Power Slave. I love that fucking album. Oh. I do too. You know what? Over the years, right. since I've become an older man, I gotta say that I enjoy the Deano albums a lot better. These days, for some reason, I don't know why. I was just saying, dude, me too. I, you know, I love the Bruce Dickinson era, but I love Paul Deano. I know. It's like the best. Those two albums are perfect. He just... No, they are per- they're perfect. He's got uh, he's you know he's got he's a ball he's got like ball I don't know some ballsy about it. <laughs> totally. Well, there's almost a punk rock aesthetic. Well, that's aesthetic it. It's to like it, right? two different bands. Almost. It's totally two different bands. Yeah, it is. They I, really, yeah. I've had this discussion Very so much. many times, and it's weird because I used to know this guy when I was older, or when I was younger, and he was older than I was, and he would always say that, and I was like, no, Bruce Dickinson's the best. But then as I aged, I'm I totally say that now. I'm like, no. Deano is the man. Killers is the best record. Uh, you know what? They just played that last show that they did their, like, uh, I forget what they called it, but it was like their whole everything, right? 
And then they didn't play one song from yeah. Killers, man. Wow. Yeah, they played like everything from every album and no songs from Killers. I was like, that sucks. <laughs> well, because it's hard. It, it's hard she to do a piano. Uh, Dickinson could do anything though. I he could he could have did rap child. Or <laughs> he could have did one song. Come on. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean that, that's that's like a common song that he would play. But here's the thing: like the last time I saw them, and I I, I vowed I would never see them. I've seen them so many times. The yeah. last time I saw them, I was we played a lot of the newer stuff, and there was very few. His his two things that bothered me about uh, about the set, and, and it's directly related to to Bruce. Is um, first thing well the, the first thing that really got on my fucking nerves was I we walk in they have aces high shirts like one of the f- most beautiful designs yeah. of uh of any period. <laughs> I love it so I'm like I'm, I'm this close to buying the record uh, buying the shirt I'm like okay well shirt's like 60 bucks for a t-shirt okay yeah. I'm not gonna buy it no nope. so, yeah. do, do you think they play the song no mm-hmm. so they're selling the merchandise for they didn't play the song yeah. <laughs> so then then during the set he he puts he stops a song. Sorry, he finished the song, and then he, he has to put the spotlight down on some poor little bastard that was out in the in the in the crowd smoking a smoking a joint, and and he calls him out and says, you know, like guys, like I'm uh, I'm running around up here, you know, I'm uh, putting on a show for you guys, and the least you can uh, do is just sit back and enjoy the show and not, you know, pollute my uh, my my breathing with your fucking yeah, your right. small. The one, like this kid is the one kid who's smoking a joint in the place. I was just like, I remember looking at my wife. I was like, is this guy for real? Like, did he just fucking do that? Yeah. It it really bothered me, man. I what was about like, all those planes he flies? <laughs> it's not polluting his no, air like, there. No, that, that's it, man. Like, you can have you can have your you know if you think if you think smoking weed is bad, like all the power to you. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't care. I'm not gonna smoke on anyone's anyone's belief systems. But uh, but to call someone out and put a fucking spotlight on him, I was like. Really? Yeah. Like, the guy just paid how much money to get the spotlight shown on him, and everyone probably spitting on him as he's walking out. Like, that yep. sucked. That's yeah. Yeah. Right. Was that oh, in Canada? That was that. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck that. Oh, that's terrible. That's We're terrible. legal. Yeah, yeah it's cool now, man. <laughs> Trudeau made it cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I definitely had said. Where's Paul Diano? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's yeah, because he's kind of like the Lemmy of He was putting the spotlight on Paul Diano. It was Paul Diano that was smoking the joint out in the fucking crowd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's the cool bald guy, so he's alright. Alright? We gotta stick together. <laughs> uh you got any last words or anything? Uh what's going on? Hey man, when's the Brown documentary coming out? <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking about. We that. just had this conversation too. Well, uh, I guess we are pretty much shooting till at least the next Quebec Death Fest because, um, I mean, unfortunately, 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 we don't have uh, the budget like a lot of these you know production companies do. So we're kind of just doing it as we go. But um, we did have an. Uh, a pre-recorded interview with Cam Lee uh, last year, and now that obviously Quebec's, you know, the Death Fest is happening and massacres coming, uh, it would be nice to sit down with Cam, actually, and you know, have a, have have the intelligent death metal conversations, 
Because literally, I mean, there's nobody like Cam Lee out there, and he's one of the originators. Also, like, oh, like Dismembers, like and Dismembers coming. They, they're, they just got back together, and they're gonna play there too. Like, yeah. yeah. So there's like things happening too. So we're yeah. hoping we're hoping we're we're hoping to finish filming by at least September, and then you know get all the in betweens before then, and then start editing. So. You know, hopefully next, hopefully next summer, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, forward to it. And if we want to do a roundtable, uh, like you were saying before, we can we can set it up here. It's uh, yes, I'm, I'm totally down with it. I know I, I know the other guys would be down with it too. So yeah, because uh, I mean, uh, I, I was just yeah again, I was having the conversation with uh, with Matt here. Um, and you that we want to have sit down with Mike. You, uh, Luke LeMay from Gorguts, and possibly get Lord Worm or whatever, and then have like a Canadian, you know, oh, round table, right? And just sweet. and talk about the old days and you know what everybody thought about all this craziness, awesome. right? So, uh, but yeah, that's about it, really. So, like I said, we're hoping to hopefully finish filming by at least September. If you know what, too, another thing just to interject quickly, but uh. There was like the whole thing where people say like, cause like, you know, late eighties and the nineties was death metal. And then towards the mid nineties, everybody says death metal was kind of dying out. But I found there was a resurgence and it was in Canada. You know what I mean? Cryptopsy and cataclysm and all that stuff. That was like changing because I thought it made death metal more chaotic. You know what I mean? I always thought incantation was the more most chaotic. And then I heard cryptopsy and cataclysm. I was like, oh my God, it's like crazy. So that's the thing. It kind of carried it. It kind of carried it into the 2000s, and then it became really technical and well produced. And yeah, but if it wasn't for Gorguts Obscura, then... oh, Gorguts is another one. Yeah, I, how can I forget Gorguts? Yeah, Obscura, and that was another thing. Right. Obscura was recorded in '94, and then it didn't come out till '98. But it was recorded in '94. Yeah, like it was recorded when like everybody was like, "Oh, death metal's over." But that was like a crazy new thing. And yeah, I, how many bands has it like made? We were sense? in the studio. Uh, that's it. We were in the studio with Cryptopsy and um, and Pierre Remiad was was you know he, of course he recorded that album. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was talking about he was actually showing us uh, you know the songs because like before the album was up before we even heard it he was showing us parts and he was trying to do the pieces of the violin and stuff like that. So I heard I I got like a early uh, listening session of of, of that album. It is hands it's down one of the great, great uh, releases of all time. Metal, yeah. sure. but it just took it in such a weird direction. Yeah, like it was. It, it wasn't about riffs. It was just about dissonant uh, time signatures yeah. and and squeals and just. The thing I like about it is when they interviewed them, they said when they were writing the album the two guitar players were like purposely not looking at each other so that they were playing different things together. And it totally sounds like it when you listen to it. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh my God, that's exactly what they did. You're like, I don't know what that guy's playing. I'm going to play this. Yeah, if you listen to the guitar riffs, I mean, honestly, yeah, for sure. That's it. It, it is that. They, somehow that, that, somehow it pieced together. It, somehow it's like a, it's like a, like a 5,000 uh, piece uh, jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it was great to see that live with when you were touring with Cryptopsy back in the day too. So, so, so to see that translated live is a totally different story, also. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I mean, I did two, two tours with those guys, and, and, I, and I shit you not. Every single night, I watched that band live. Every single night. It fucking blew me away every night. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you, yeah, you just stood there. And, yeah, you just stood there, and you could, like, the riff, those riffs on Obscura are, like, like you literally have to sit there and just and watch. Like, it's not one of those bands where you can close your eyes and bang yeah, your head or no. whatever. It, Obscura is yeah. just one of those, like, okay, everybody shut up and just watch. You're in the headlights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Because Canadian death metal rules. Yeah, it's literally, like, it, it just sets apart from it, from the rest of the world. It's, it's unbelievable. Awesome. And fantastic that, fantastic that you got to be a huge part of, you know, the scene and uh, some of the coolest albums that came out. And uh, we appreciate um, yeah everything you've done. And now that Acurian, I, 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 I is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Acurian. Yeah, uh, that's coming out on Redefining. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and I have the other project, too. I got Coma Cluster Void as well. We got two albums with oh. that. We're working on the third album with that as well. So, I mean, this I'm fucking busy, man. There's a lot of, lot of things. <laughs> I've got a couple other projects that are in its infancy that I won't, uh, won't bring to light right now. But, uh, but really, this is a lot in the pocket. You know, there's a lot, lot coming up. Wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so we can check out your album coming out, uh, Akirian, coming out on Redefining Darkness in the next two weeks or so. And that's coming out on, sure. what, CD, LP, tapes? Is that, is that with everything? I think it's just CD for now, and uh, then we'll look at vinyl. Uh, no, no talk on cassettes per se, but uh, but vinyls, double vinyl is what we what we're aiming for uh, at some point. And uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, if the if the if the sales dictate, then the vinyl will fall. You know, it really is real, really what it comes down to. Double vinyl? What is this? 180 gram? I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else will take it, but I'll just grab someone else's vinyl and put that on it again. <laughs> just slap a label on it. <laughs> a Curion and a Styx record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, Guys, shit. thank you so much. Really, honestly, I really appreciate this. Uh, this was a fucking blast. A lot of fun. Fucking right, dude. And uh, hopefully we you're, you're coming out to the next Quebec Death Fest, correct? I'll be there for that for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, then uh, we're yeah, doing. We get, to, we get to have uh, we get to have some drinks in person and uh, like actually cheers for real. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I know, like, like, like I said, when we when when we just seen you there last in September or whatever. I mean, it like the festival just goes by so fast. There's so many people to meet, and it's it was nice to actually kind of you know there's there's Mike again because like I said we met you originally on that. Uh, Gorgut's Cryptopsy tour back in '96 at the El Macombo in Toronto. '96, '97. Oh, the El Macombo. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety. That was my first death metal concert. Ninety-eight. It was the Death Across America. It was ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay. Ninety-eight. Holy shit. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. And if Metal Dan was here, my my ex radio partner, he he has this guy has a memory I I can't believe, but he remembers you know going. Uh, 
meeting you backstage and smoking some joints and, <laughs> and just hanging out and partying. Like he remembers the he knows the shirt you were wearing, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he knows everything. I swear to God, man, this guy remembers everything. It's ridiculous. But um, but like I said, man, we're gonna see Quebec again in September, and be sure to look out for the Acurian album that's coming out on Redefining Darkness Records in the next two weeks. Uh, our buddy Thomas Haywood out of Ohio. Uh, fantastic dude, great supporter of the scene for the last 30 years also, uh, hooking these guys up, new album, Canadian death metal, uh, yeah, I swear to God, you gotta check this out, cause you're, you're obviously very proud of it. Absolutely, immensely proud, immensely proud. Good, yeah. alright, any last yeah, words? Absolutely. Any but, last uh, words? Hopefully, you know, I mean, what people think of it. Yeah, totally. Well, we're going to make sure to post everything we can because, uh, like I said, McGrowl is uh, major supporters of just being good dudes and, and, and just all-around supporters. Damn, Matt, you guys are the best. Thank you. Right on, man. Thank you very much, dude. It's uh, <laughs> It's been a super pleasure. There you are. <laughs> All right, man. So, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna share as much as we can with you and the guys that everybody at the growl, and uh, we'll chat again very soon. Yes, we will. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers, my man. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a lot more than us. <laughs> I think we're. I think we're. I think we're just gonna keep lives. I think no, we'll just, just keep talking. What the hell? I gotta get in a beer. <laughs> I gotta go take a piss. I'm. Literally, that's not, but they'll still keep watching, so that's good. <laughs> it's just gonna get worse as the night goes on, right? <laughs> well, because nobody else is doing anything anymore. Everyone's stuck at the house. Yeah, we're just all sitting at home talking about metal. That's a, that's another good thing about Dan. He can remember everything about everything. <laughs> I gotta go take a piss. I'll be right back. Jesus. <laughs> When's the last time you saw those guys from Cryptopsy? Fairly recently or uh, a long time? Um, I saw Flo at the at the metal uh, the Quebec Metal Fest. So last year. Uh, I saw Dan or Lord Warren. Huh? Last year, then I saw Lord, Lord Worm. Uh, yeah, last year October was uh, when 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 I saw uh, Flo, and I saw Dan and Steve Steve Tebow. I saw him uh, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We went out to a uh, to a restaurant. Uh, yeah, so I saw those guys. Uh, Alex, I haven't seen forever. Miguel, I chatted back and forth with on Facebook. Um, Eric, I haven't seen in since I've been out of the out of the band, uh, yeah, you know, um, who else is in the band that I want to see? <laughs> oh, I see Matt. I see Matt, of course. Matt Sitcher uh, uh, and Donaldson, uh, and, and uh, you know, I see those guys at shows as well. You know, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, a great bunch of guys for sure. When you were in Boston. 
what what year was that? Like around was that like around the the hardcore time when the Boston hardcore scene was going on? Yeah, but it was a mix. You know, you had you had it was a really it was a it was a beautiful mix that that was happening uh, that I don't know was happening in many other things. Uh, you had your hardcore kids, you had the metal kids, you had thrash kids, you had punk kids, you had all these people that were uh, were together in a giant mixing bowl, really, of, of you know musical tastes or musical you know styles, musical uh, genres, but they'd all somehow manage. Everyone managed to to get along until until they didn't. Yeah, that that was they didn't. <laughs> that was the weird thing about it because like I don't come from that. Like I knew I know some hardcore and stuff, but I don't come from like, you know, New York and Boston and the whole deal, right? But I just see the documentaries and I got a few friends that are like my, uh, my drummer is like a real hardcore guy. So he knows everything about everything. So I was just kind of curious to hear because I know like Boston and New York had kind of a thing and it was, it's kind of weird because it, to me, it just seems like it should be a whole community, but it seemed like there was a kind of weird divide. So I don't know, like it seemed like a lot. Was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't always like that. It was. It was. It was that awesome melting pot that uh, that just you know. I mean, that's the scene that I that I grew up in, and then you know, and then the scene developed into something else that wasn't as friendly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like a weird kind of yeah. yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I always wonder about that because I'm not. I don't come from that scene, but um, some of my favorite albums were from that, like uh, the first Suicidal, the first DRI, like that kind of stuff was like really, that like really made me go, holy shit, you know, like I, music is awesome, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was kind of a thing, but then, then I hear from people that were actually a part of the scene, and it's like a totally different thing to them, so it's kind of nice to hear other people, like you're from Boston, so it's kind of cool, like I want to know what you think about it, because... You know, I'm not, I'm not from New York. I'm not from Boston or nothing like that. But they're like saying they're fighting and stuff. And it's like, really, why? You should all be, I don't yeah. get it. It's yeah. kind of like black metal yeah, people. It was, it was a lot of, yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, it was, it was a scene that, that definitely at one point there was a lot of, um, uh, it was, you know, everyone, yeah. everyone got together. Uh, <laughs> one, two shows, it didn't matter. Cheers, boys. Cheers. And everyone, I would say, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was that scene to be very proud. I'm still very proud of, you know, coming, growing up in that scene. This is not a scene that I was, was just awesome. hanging out once in a while. This was a scene I was going to shows all the time. Oh, so, that's, you know, you, that's you wicked. know everyone and, uh, you know, and then, 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 you know, there was, you know, I'm not going to go into massive detail about it because I don't, I don't think that those details warrant. There's so many really documentaries. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's been yeah, detailed I mean, to you death. You want to see about it, you can the documentaries, you know. I mean, you know, and I know guys on all, on both sides. I knew guys, you guys on both sides of all that. And, uh, and you know, it, it was, it, it sucked to see that, that a scene that was so promising and, and so developed and, and in friendship and and uh, camaraderie um, to be broken apart by you know stupid things like what you know you have long hair or you have short hair or yeah. you, you know you like the band you like that kind of band and stuff like that that you know and then it became even worse than that it became even 
even crazier. So, I mean, I, I, I witnessed a real massive peak uh, where, you know, it was, it was the scene from the bottom, um, right down to the days where nobody would book shows anymore because... The violence, there, yeah. So. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. That's one thing I don't like about the whole... Because, well, maybe it's less lesser now because people are used to it, but, I mean... I play, my band is like a thrash band, but we play with a lot of punk bands, and yeah. there's like no, like, you can book five punk bands, and no venues are going to be like, oh, I don't have to worry, you know, nobody's going to wreck the place, but back then it was different, it seemed like it was like, well, if I book this band and this band, there's probably, they're probably going to destroy my establishment or whatever, right? That's what it seemed. I've been I've been to Boston where establishments were destroyed and and patrons were fucking yeah yeah destroyed Absolutely. I bet for sure. It's yeah. kind of neat to hear about yeah, that yeah. now because uh, got crazy for a while. That's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of weird too because um like I've always thought of myself as a metal guy. I've always kind of been a metal person. I'm drawn to that sort of thing, but when I was listening to dealing with it and uh you know suicidal's first record that was like metal to me you know they call it crossover yeah, now but metal. yeah it's like metal punk yeah. you know what i mean it's and grindcore yeah a lot of you know a lot of it was that you know what i mean like that a lot of those old crust punk bands that became grind like napalm death they sound pretty fucking hardcore to me when they started you know what oh, yeah. i mean like people don't talk about that they talk about napalm death scum but they don't talk about like hatred surge and all that stuff before when they sounded like a shitty punk band. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, but that was but that's the thing. Like all of that kind of stuff. It was a, I was a little after that time, so I'm just I just kind of hear about it from other people. It just it kind of I don't know. It interests me to hear people that were actually there talk about it because most people say what you're saying. They say that was it wasn't what it is in the documentaries until later. It was. It was later. Yeah. It was later. I mean, it was a couple of different waves of it too. You know, I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna talk about groups because um, I'm just not gonna do that. But but I, I can say I can say that there was there was one group that was there that that deserved to be cleaned the fuck out of there. Yeah. They were. They weren't a very. They were good people. And there was another group that came in and and cleaned this group out. They basically chased them around throughout uh, New England and New York and places like this and got, got them the fuck out of there. And then uh, the other group became, um, not in philosophy, but uh, in action, became the same sort of group that they removed. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how it, how it went down. So you went from, from everyone getting together to one group coming in and, and destroying people to another group coming in, wiping them out, and then that group... Becoming the same, also, yeah, yeah. Hurting, yeah hurting that's people, terrible. Like, that didn't deserve to be hurt. See, that's the that's the thing that always bugs me about metal and punk and hardcore and the whole thing. It's like the whole idea of the whole thing is that we're this kind of an outsider thing. Like you're, you know, maybe Iron Maiden and Metallica are really big, but generally most metal and punk bands are like lesser known. It's a small percentage. So why are we like fighting each other? Like I don't get it. Why shouldn't we should all be together? Like we we should all be a scene together. Yeah, but the underground there's the the, the underground elitists 
which are more underground than the others, which means you can't listen to that band if you listen to that band. That's right. So, and the fact that you grew your hair, the fact that you grew your hair out a little bit more than the skinhead did on that album or whatever, that means you're just mainstream and you have no right to be here anymore. That's what I got into metal and punk for was yeah, because I love the rules. The rules are the best part. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you know, like I mean, I, I like in I like in the early days of Boston very much like it is in Quebec now and has been in Quebec is that you know when when you go and, it, and it's it's such a fucking beautiful feeling when you go to a show in Montreal as an example and you've got all different types of bands that are there if someone's someone's up dancing and they're into it and someone gets clobbered and knocked over. There's 20 guys trying to pick that kid up yeah. to get him, get him out of hockey. And you know what I mean? And, and that still goes on today, which which just to me is, is I, you know, I, 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 that's what I, I embrace. It should I embrace be standard. That attitude, that yeah. attitude. We're all here together. We're enjoying the show together. Yeah. Do we want to fight and stop the show? Do we want to, you know, do we want to get people fucking, you know, to the hospital? I don't. I, no, I, I want. I want to watch a show. I mean, when they go see the show, I want to be here and hang out. And if somebody's on the ground, like it used to be back in the day, someone's on the ground. We'll pick that fucking kid up. That's right. You know, instead of trampling him, fucking on his head. You know, like that. That to me is never something that that uh, was any part of my philosophy or any yep. part of my. Uh, well, that was the thing too. If somebody went down, there would there wouldn't just be one person picking them up. It would be everyone picking them up. You know, and that yeah. it's yeah. like. That's the way it should be, yeah. and, and and there should be no and there should yeah and there should be no elitism in 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 the scene itself when there is only a hundred people of us going to this fucking show <laughs> in the first place right like come on man we're all at this weird freaking underground show that nobody else knows about so everybody here in this show is cool enough to fucking help each other out. So mm -hmm. fucking get your head out of your asses. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, like, I went to see a show uh, last year. It was uh, The Casualties with uh, Gozu and uh, fucking Band Off of Metal Blades. Drawing a black on the name. Uh, evil, real evil band. The singer was Midnight. from... Uh, Not Midnight. No, no, no. I think it was for, oh my god, I can't believe it. I can't think of this band's name. They're a punk band? Uh, we were with a um, band from New Orleans. Ah, fuck, I'll think about it. Anyways, um, you know, so it was a very eclectic mix of, of bands. And, you know, the casualties, you know, the casualties. Yep. I mean, it's yep. like punk rock. Uh, all these, like, crusty punk rock kids, like, nausea fans come out. And, but it doesn't matter. Like, there's, there's metal kids that are dancing, too. And, and those metal kids that went down, the punk kids are picking them up. The punk kids are, you know... Getting getting hit, everyone's got sorry, sorry, you know, like, you know, fuck, man. That's man, good. Yeah. We're all there. We're all, there to well. we're all there to have fun. Everyone's drinking. Like, yeah. No, nobody wants nobody wants any any bullshit. You know, like yeah. people. You know, I I don't think Boston's like that anymore. I don't have the impression. I know friends that go to go to shows out there now, and I I never hear of any any you know fights and things like that anymore. Which which I think is a good thing. I you know like talk we yeah, talk about yeah. growth. On a, on a scale of growth in a, in a scene, it's good to see growth happening there. It's good to see that people... Well, hopefully it was just because at the time it was just because it was so popular, then all of those people that are just like there because it was popular 
they just fizzled out and then it goes back to just being like regular people that are together you know what i mean i don't want to say true because i want the young kid that's into slipknot to come too Yes. And I want to turn yeah. him on to better music. Yeah, no, but I'm saying true as the ones that only find it as a phase. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter yeah, if you... Know, you... I, I, yeah, I think you hit it uh, early when you were talking about, like, you know, the, the, the people that, that were propagating the battles and the fights and shit like that were were not people who were not into the music. Like, these people yeah. were into the fucking music. They were, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... It, it, they, you, the one thing you can never say is that these people weren't into the tunes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing is they were into most of them were into metal too so it wasn't just hardcore kids just that, yeah that's kids. why the crossover scene happened because it was yeah but they were but it was that exactly that is that you know the people who were perhaps not you know the, the outsiders that were that didn't know a lot about the bands that show up once in a while those were the people that were you know more or less targeted if you will you know mm, uh, yeah you know, it wasn't a bit of a I don't want to say elitist thing. I don't think it was an elitist thing, but it was definitely people who were part of the scene, and you're not quite part of the scene, so we're gonna let you know it. You know? Yeah, unfortunately, which is yeah. the yeah, which is not cool, of course. I don't know. I was just always I was always against the rules. Always against the rules, Fuck man. The if, rules. if you're literally here at this show. For the same reason that I'm at this show, then we're all brothers and sisters. I have my own way of thinking about things, you know. I want, you know, I want grindcore songs to be 30 seconds. But if somebody else disagrees with that, that's okay. I, I don't want that guy not to come to the show. You know what I mean? We'll just argue about it. It's yeah, all good. That's all. That's, that's what we're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, you know. We've got fans about 30 second grind so grind grindcore songs or fans that love. 15-minute long grind, grindcore song. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. no. The fact that you're 15 actually... 15 minutes is a grindcore album. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was just listening to Nails. Uh, I was listening to Nails, Abandoned All, uh, as Abandoned All Life. Yeah. 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 And uh, on the way home from work, it's like, I, from from uh, from my work to here, it's 18 minutes. I think the, song was, uh, I think the album was over in 18 minutes. Yeah. Sweet. So I right. <laughs> I, I was listening to Worm Rot today. It was like, oh, there's like two songs left. By the time I get home, it's a 10-minute drive. <laughs> All right. All right, Mike, we have to, um, we got another interview lined up right now, so uh, any last any last words before we uh, sign you off here? No, that's it, guys. You know, like, uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, a proud supporter of you guys, and I uh, really appreciate uh, you know, giving me the opportunity <laughs> to hang with you guys and talk shit and, you know, have fun, man. Let's do it again, that's then. That's it. Look out for uh, Precurian Record. Uh, check out Coma Cluster Void if you haven't checked it out yet. And uh, that's it, man. Well, uh, I'll see you guys, worst case, I'll see you guys at the uh, Quebec uh, You fucking right you will, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll chat later. Cheers, man. Be safe. Rock and roll, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, that's Mr. Mike DeSalvo there, eh, buds? Hey? Look at that. Look at that. He's just hanging out with CBGB. You ever play at CBGB's? I did it. Of course, I played CBGBs. Fuck, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, that uh, that was that was a that was a must, and uh, the other must was uh, Whiskey and Go-Go. I played there twice, both both clubs twice. And uh, 
two of the clubs that I really wanted to uh, to play in my life, and I got to got to play both. So. Fucking lucky shit. I never I've never had the opportunity. I was in first time in New York. <coughs> New York was like two years ago for a death fest. And that was the first time that I've been there, and I fucking need to go back. Like, it's ridiculous. New York is a fun time to go see metal shows, always. It's, uh, uh, you know, the people come out in droves, and they are really strong supporters. Yeah. I play New York today. Love it. Totally. Right on. All right, Mike. Well, uh, like I said, we got another interview coming up, so... Uh, We'll talk. Guys. We'll talk to you in a bit, bud. Take care, guys. All right, yeah. rock and roll. <laughs> Woo! All right. Let's see. Does this work here? Is this how it works? Sweet. All right. So. Shit. And Mr. Mike DeSalvo, eh? We're just gonna keep this live stream going here. All right. Um, but what's up? Let's go. We got uh, 